0: Chapter number nineteen was a, a fantastic story. I mean, interesting. Uh, it's going to take some setup because we're just starting, like right in the middle of this guy's life. And there's much said before this about Jehoshaphat, and then there's going to be something said after this. So we can learn from the lesson of Jehoshaphat if we, we would just pay attention to what the Bible says about his life and then try to apply it to our own. So, Second Chronicles, chapter nineteen, from verse number one. And Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned to his house in peace to Jerusalem. And Jehu, (coughs) the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him and said to the king, now this is a word from God, God has a word for Jehoshaphat to know, to hear, it was God's prophet, prophet, take my words to this man, speak to the king, and so these are his word, God's words. He said to the king, Jehoshaphat, shouldest thou help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? Therefore is wrath upon thee from before the Lord. Nevertheless, there are good things found in thee, in that thou hast taken away the groves out of the land and hast prepared thine heart to seek God. And Jehoshaphat dwelt at Jerusalem. And they went out again through the people from Beersheba to Mount Ephraim and brought them back unto the Lord God of their fathers. Thank you, Lord, for your word here. I pray that you'd help us to gain from it. Help us, first of all, to understand and kind of uh, synchronize into the story and to see what's going on and who's doing what or saying what and and um, what actions have been uh, taking place that is pertinent to uh, the issues that we're going to be dealing with this morning on the table. So, Lord, I pray that you would you would uh, make clear your word. Lord, help us to, first of all, understand the scripture and what's going on, but then also, Lord, more than that even, to uh, see what this means to me today and to my practices, to my acquaintances, my friends, my family, those around me, the influences around me. Lord, I pray that you'd help us. We're your people and we need direction and guidance and you have a message that is so very vital and critical for uh, Jehoshaphat to pay attention to. And uh, by listening or ignoring, he uh, places his family in the line of blessings or in great danger. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us, help us to be aware, help us to understand these things here today. We need your help in Jesus' name. Amen. (coughs) This text gives us what we need to develop the thoughts this morning, critical to the life of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. He was in the descendant of David, and God promised that David would have somebody on the throne, would continue, eventually be the Messiah, come out of that line, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Satan, right from the very beginning, tried to wipe things out totally. You'll see that in the, the next chapter. We're going to be continuing on this story a little bit tomorrow, or not tomorrow. You're not going to be here tomorrow. I don't think I will be either, but anyway, uh, next week. Okay, so next week when we continue with this story, it's just, it's too much to just kind of deal with in one setting, and it's really a cool story. So anyway, we're going to uh, continue on that story and see how that uh, Jehoshaphat's line was was attempted to be wiped out, but God promised that David would have somebody sitting on the throne and it would go through to the Lord Jesus Christ. So here you have some things. Jehoshaphat, as was stated here in the text, he was basically a good king in the line of David. Uh, he he uh, paid attention to, he, he uh, listened to the commandments of the Lord. He was, he was um, following the things that God had... Um, uh, commanded and, and uh, emphasized. And so he was a good king, just like his uh, father, King Asa. And here you have a, a good line of, of uh, kings. And so he was basically a good king. We'll read so much of, of the good that he was responsible for and, and leading of the people towards God and what he did as king, as a leader. But there were some things that he just wasn't careful about, which really colored the destinies of his family and affected his nation. So we'll see that there was good and bad in this man called Jehoshaphat. But men are that way, aren't we? Uh, We're good and bad. Even in good men, there are some characteristics that probably shouldn't be there. Not the best. Even in bad men, there's a streak of sympathy or of Maybe genuineness or honesty or whatever. And so men are good and bad. We're we're a mixture. We're unlike the Lord who is good. That's it, good. Absolutely good. Great. Holy. No sin. No impurities. God is pure. God is good. God is consistent. God is honest. And there's there's no uh, evil. There's no negative in the Lord. He's all good. No bad. It's not like the uh, uh, Greek uh, mythology that we learned about in school. How there there would be some god that was powerful but had jealousy or had some kind of a flaw. No, no. God is not like man in in that he is flawed. He is not flawed at all. Thank the Lord for that. that. That is a blessing. That in God he is totally good. No bad. He is perfect. He is beneficial. He's loving, and he is holy. James chapter 1, verse number 7, James puts it this way. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I like the way that it's stated there. God is, is so good and He's so right and He's so solid, He does not change from day to day or moment to moment. Every time that you go outside uh, and you... You know, uh, catch the, the, the sun's rays and have shadows upon your face, and it looks like that. But then, as the as the, the shadow moves across the, the the sun moves across the horizon, then the shadows actually change. Everything changes. Just little variations here, and there. and and James says, God doesn't even have any variation or shadow of turning. He is good. He doesn't change one bit. Not even a shadow of difference. Always the same. Always good, through and through. And that's the God that we serve. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that that's such a God? And, and you know, it didn't have to be that way. We could have been uh, subject to a, 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 a harsh uh, benevolent, or, or, uh, no, not anti-benevolent, a harsh God that was cruel. But he's not, he's benevolent. He's good. Thank the Lord for that. And that goes for his ways and his blessings. Always the same, always good. What God gives is good through and through. Um, Not one bit of negative attached. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessings of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. It's not like some prize or some present that you get, and you got to have a lot of bad along with the good. Or, yeah, you get this, um, but there's something attached to that that's not really that great. You know, uh, man, can she cook? But boy, it's hard to look at. <laughs> no, that's not. It's, it's, that's not the, not, it's not the way it is. You know, <laughs> or uh, man, she's a looker, but I gotta go to Denny's every day because you know, it's, it's not like something good in this and something bad. You know, like we do all the time. No, no, God is all good. God is all all uh, uh, benevolent. Always. Uh, Good through and through. Uh, The the Lord's blessings makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Now, men, that's a different story with us, isn't it? We're good and bad. Even the best of men have a poisonous, sinful nature that we contend with. And Jehoshaphat was that way. He was a king that was good and not so good. Obedient. For the most part in his life, he followed the Lord. But there were some things in his life that he didn't pay attention to the Lord as the Lord instructed him. Hopefully, we can review his life and learn from the mistakes that he made and avoid them. Our ultimate condition is at stake, just like his was. If we learn and avoid the pitfalls, we'll be better by it. And so, let's take a look at this study in Jehoshaphat. Now, There are some here that are visitors from the community that I don't know personally, and, and we might, might have some here that know the Lord and some here that don't. For the most of you that I know that are members of Wooden Valley Baptist Church, and I don't know any hearts, I, I can't see your heart, and you can't see mine. You really don't know what a person is on the inside. We're pretty good at, at making masks and presentations and outward, and but you don't, really don't know what's inside. But if I could judge by the fruits, I would say that most of you love the Lord. Most of you are... Saved And you're here because you want to worship God in truth. You, you, you're, you're genuine about, about your walk with the Lord. And thank the Lord for that. It's a blessing to, to worship with people like that and to, and to have a church that way. And, and so most of you are like that. So if you are like me who wants to serve God and wants to do right, but then also is a person that is mixed with good and bad like your preacher, then pay attention. This will help you. So let's take a look at the background. Uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 19, we started with verse number 1. And Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned to his house in peace to Jerusalem. What is he talking about? This is just the end of the story of chapter 18. This was concerning the matter with his connection, with Jehoshaphat's connection with a bad king. His name was King Ahab of the previous chapter. 2 Chronicles chapter 18, verse number 1. Now, Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat had riches and honor and abundance and joined affinity with Ahab. you got to understand who Ahab is. Ahab was a king that was wicked. He was one of the worst. And as a matter of fact, he's portrayed that way. He, he seemed to, to uh, uh, cause uh, more grief and and more uh, departure from truth and, and virtue than any other king before him. And... He was empowered by his wife Jezebel, so this was exactly the problem that King Jehoshaphat had. If by this time the, the uh, uh, children of Israel are are on one side and the children of Judah, uh, uh, Israel was was into t- two tribes. Um, they were one was following one king, one was following an, another king. Those mostly on the uh, kings of Israel were wicked, like Ahab. And, but there were some good kings like David and Asa and Jehoshaphat, and so so here you, you have two nations or one nation that's divided. That and but they have affinity, they have uh, common ground, and here is trying to make some some uh, connections and some friendships. And so the Bible says that he joined affinity with Ahab, which was precisely the problem with Jehoshaphat. He didn't recognize the warnings of God because God was very clear. God laid it out about what was right and wrong, about light and darkness. And that we are, as believers, we're to not have to do with, not join in affinity with those who are wicked. Not to mix with the wicked. Very clear. Go down to verse number 3 in that passage. 2 Chronicles chapter 19, verse number 3. It goes on to say, And Ahab, king of Israel, said unto Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, Wilt thou go, go with me to Ramoth Gilead? He's, he's got this uh, military endeavor to, uh, to conquer these folks. And he says, I need some help. You want to come with me? Here's his answer. Uh, and he answered him, I am as thou art. My people as thy people. And we will be with thee in the war. I'm just like you. No, he wasn't. He was one of God's people. He was was somebody who was concerned about following God. I mean, he lived that way himself, and his father lived that way, and the the nation that he was trying to lead, uh, he was trying to lead in the ways of God, and here, this wicked king that doesn't have anything to do with God, a wicked king that was carnal, only carnal, a wicked king that was just selfish. He didn't care about the things of God at all. didn't care about the instruction of God, the words of God, or the directives of God. And so he says, hey, I need some help. And Jehoshaphat says, I'm just like you. We're, t- we're two peas in a pod. We're together. I'm just like you. He was not just like him. That was a problem. Ahab wasn't on the same grid. They were miles apart in attitude, in spirituality. And their goals, their goals were different. Their purpose was different. Well, you know the story. If you're familiar with that chapter, it's one of my favorite in the Word of God because it has humor, it has sarcasm. I was worried about myself <clears throat> until I read that. And there's sarcasm with the prophet. I go, yes, I got hope. Anyway, and so and uh, the, the uh, prophet there named Micaiah... He was in prison. He had already uh, uh, offended Ahab the king, and Ahab would have none of that. Here's one of God's prophets in the, in the, the pokey. He's in, in prison, and uh, they're, they're wanting to, to uh, uh, get together on this endeavor to go uh, join uh, forces in battle in Ramoth-Gilead. And so uh, you, you know the story there. He, um, Jehoshaphat says, well, you know what? If we go together in this, we, we probably ought to ask God. How about we ask God whether or not God's going to bless this endeavor? Okay? And Ahab says, oh, "Of course, absolutely. I pray all the time." <laughs> so anyway, he says, "Let's do this and let's 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 inquire of the Lord." He gathers his four hundred prophets of false prophets, prophets of Baal, prophets that had nothing to do with God or the temple or or worshiping God properly or correctly. And 400 of them, they're all paid by the government, by, by Ahab, and they're all yes-men. Every one of them is a yes-man. Whatever uh, Ahab wants, they—you know Ahab's asking, okay, uh, uh, men, prophets of mine, should I go? What does God say about this? And somebody says, well, what does Ahab want? Well, he wants to go. Well, then, yes, let's say yes, go. And so here's your, your answer. God says go. And that's the kind of people that they are. So... They, they had this big to do here because Jehoshaphat asked for he said, let 's inquire of the Lord, get everybody together there 's four hundred of ahab 's prophets prophets of Baal, and they 've got this big show this big I mean they 've got uh, lights and they 've got smoke and they 've got you know uh, an orchestra behind them, or whatever 's going on, a big production, and they 're all saying, yes, ahab you 're the man gold, and, and you 'll be prosperous god 's going to bless you in this whole endeavor." Go, go, go! And one, uh, one uh, unified uh, uh, emphasis, it's yes, go. God's going to bless you. Jehoshaphat sees the the bogus presentation there, and not a one of those four hundred prophets even looks like a prophet of God. And so he asks Ahab, "Here they are. They're on their thrones there with this big presentation." He says, hey, "Don't you got a prophet here beside? Don't, isn't there one?" independent Baptist preacher. He says, don't you have somebody that will speak for God and just be straight as a gun barrel, you know, and just say what God says, this this whole rigmarole. And he says, is there not one person here? (laughs) And folks, you have to read this on your own. This is a great chapter, chapter number 18, where he says, yeah, there's one guy, uh, but I hate him. Micaiah the prophet, I just hate him. Every Every time he gets in my face. He says something that I, I hate and this goes contrary to what I want to do or whatever. He says, no, no, don't say that. Bring him out here. And so he brings out Micaiah. And Micaiah is, you know, he comes out there and before they even get him to the stage, uh, the other prophets, they say, now listen, Ahab wants to go. You tell him the same thing that we're all telling him. Go and God will prosper him. He says, yeah, right. You know, so he gets there and he gets before the king. And King Ahab says, all right, should we go or should we not go? What does God say? And he says, go, prosper, God be with you. Something good is going to happen to you. <laughs> no, he, he actually, he didn't say that. He's just saying, yes, I mean, the Lord's with you. And immediately, Ahab knew he was pulling his leg. He saw the sarcasm, because he, he was familiar with, with uh, Micaiah. And so he says, how many times do I got to ask you to tell me the truth? He says, all right, king, you want the truth? You go, you go out to the battlefield, you're not coming back. You're going to die. And your blood's going to be, you know, and, he, and he, he goes through this whole thing and he, and he lays out the, the, uh, the determination of God, what God really said. And he looks over to Jehoshaphat and says, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? That's what he always does. He always says that kind of stuff. That's why I hate the guy. And so... And he goes, and Micaiah then turns around and then preaches to the whole crowd that's in the, in the, the uh, uh, courtyard. He says, Everybody else, now you listen. If this man comes back, I'm not a prophet of God. But if he dies, you heard it here. God said he's not coming back. Anyway, so they take him away and they go into battle. And you know the whole uh, story there. Here's Ahab and Jehoshaphat. They go into battle. Now, God had already made it very clear to Ahab, you're not coming back. They're going to kill the king of Israel. You're not coming back. And so he, he says, i tell you what, Jehoshaphat, we go into battle, you put on, you put on my stuff, you know, and he, and he gives him the kingly robe and the crown and everything else, and I'll just look like a, a, a soldier. So, uh, you, know, uh, you know, we're going to thwart the will of God here, right? Yeah. So anyway, so we're just going to go ahead and do that. And uh, you wear your robe and look like a king, and I'll just look like a a foot soldier. And Jehoshaphat says, Okay. (laughs) And he says, What? Jehoshaphat, wake up. What an an idiot. You know, anyway, so, but he agrees. He He goes into battle looking like a king. And here's Ahab. He's just in his chariot, whatever. And they're fighting away. And one soldier has this last arrow in his quiver. And he says, uh, "Here's a crowd out there. I don't know where it's going to be." He's not even aiming. He says, "I shot an arrow into the air. Where it would land, I know not where." <laughs> he just let it rip, boom! <laughs> and the Bible says that arrow had Ahab Bernard uh, right on it, right on it. <laughs> it was, it, and it. it Landed in between the joints of the harness. It's kind of like that ring, you know, that you see with leather that's pulled. He's got, he's protected everywhere, but he's got one ring, right? And it's really a bullseye. And gets him. I mean, it, it just nails Ahab. He says, pull me away, take me away, and he brings him away, and he dies that day. Now, Jehoshaphat was, matter of fact, The soldiers, the enemies, came after the guy that looked like the king, which was Jehoshaphat. They get to him, they're about to slay him, they say, this ain't Ahab, we're after Ahab, and they let him go. Jehoshaphat was rebuked. God had spoken to Jehoshaphat very, very clearly prior to this time, during this whole thing. He heard from God's prophet, he heard God's message, and Micaiah spoke to Jehoshaphat as much as he did everybody else in that courtyard He knew what God said. He knew God's words. And he was respecting the man of God also. He understood what was taking place here. And what did he do to the the warning of God? He he blew it off. Didn't pay attention. Now what's that going to do? Believer, let let me ask you this before we go on. Can you ever take... What God tells you to do and blow it off. Can, can you ever do that with, without consequences? No. Let me tell you, as Micaiah told them, you can't get away with that. You cannot get away with ignoring the warnings of God. Now, see, God spoke to his people in the past and talked about separation and, and not being influenced by those who are uh, negative against God and they don't, they're unbelievers and whatever. And he's a very, very clear warning. And he gave them a very, very uh, a specific rules of separation. And then in the New Testament, it's repeated again, over and over and over. And God's people know that. And we, and we hear that. And here we are, Wooden Valley Baptist Church. A house full of believers that are that have the Word of God, listening to God's Word, and this is what God says. And you know what? Sometimes we do. We actually ignore the warnings of God. Really? Can we do that? Well, let's let's continue. Let's see what what had taken place here. That we're up to speed where we we found in uh, uh, First uh, Second Chronicles chapter nineteen. First it says, uh, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned unto his house in peace in Jerusalem. So here he comes back from that whole ordeal that we just explained. 2 Chronicles 19, verse 2. And Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him and said to to King Jehoshaphat, here is another one of God's prophets, he says, God has a message for you, Jehoshaphat, pay attention. There's a problem here. There's a problem with your practice. There's a problem with your disregard to the warnings of God. There's a pro- you've got a problem. And and the question from God is, "Shouldest thou help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord?" And the answer there's no. You should not. There should be a separation. You should not be influenced. You should not get around. You should not uh, uh have those outside of of uh, believers and those who honor the Lord to to be your good friends and to, to influence your attitude and influence your family and everything else you you best stay away from that and he and he's making it very clear and he says therefore is wrath upon thee from before the Lord now this was touching on Jehoshaphat's failure his lack of separation. See, God, by the way, let me say this, in in the the Christianity that we live in and amongst here in the Northwest or in the United States, this day in 2017, uh, separation is a dirty word. You know, the uh, uh, other people who are, quote, Christian, uh, they seem to say, hey, listen, we need to fit in. We need to look like, we need to be like, we need to have the attitude of, we need to reach out to those around us. So we need to be just like those around us. And God never said that. God said, be ye separate, saith the Lord. God said, be ye holy, for I am holy. God said, shine as lights in a dark place. Yes, you are to be different. Yes, then that's okay to be different. But see, God's people, we kind of say, well, no, you know what? We're going to just do what we want to do. I'm just going to be like the way I want to be. It's not good. Not good. This lack of separation. God pointed it out in Jehoshaphat's life. Now, Jehoshaphat did do well in so many areas. He was a king, and he did do, do, do well. And while he was around in, in his influence, but he was careless in applying biblical instruction here. Now, pay attention, because I'm talking to good people who want to do right. I'm talking to myself there's, By the way, folks, there's not a message I ever preached to you that God doesn't preach to me. I mean, I'm getting it myself. It's a two-edged sword, I guess, in that sense, where I need this. If you don't need this message, I do. Have some patience while I preach to myself then, okay? Jehoshaphat was careless in applying biblical instruction here. But remember his goodness. After a couple of chapters of his good moves we read in second chronicles chapter 20 verse number 30 now what has taken place in chapter 19 and so on up until there all kinds of good things we don't have time to to cover everything because like i say it's just one aspect of the guy's life is what we're looking at but man did he do a lot of good things and you read those chapters he he tore down the groves and he led his people right and he did so many good things and he and he honored the lord he really was he really was wanting to serve god this is what he he he, his his inner desire i believe that when i see jehoshaphat on the streets of glory and i fellowship with him i think he's going to be a wonderful believer Somebody that I'll I'll, I'll love and have as a a friend of mine because of his love for the Lord. Because he did, he loved the Lord in so many ways. You couldn't do what Jehoshaphat did without having a strong love for the Lord and a strong uh, uh, desire to, to honor and glorify God in his life with just a little disobedience. But that was the most part of it. And after you, you see all of the good that he did in chapter 19 and so on, after a couple of chapters, as good moves, we read in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, look at verse number 30. <clears throat> 2 Chronicles 20, 30. <clears throat> so the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest round about. That was good. I mean, you know, God had blessed him, blessed him for all the good moves, all the good things he was doing. He's a good king. Verse number 32. And he walked in the way of Asa, his father, and departed not from it. By the way, you've got to know Asa. And if you know your Bible and know the history there, Asa was a good king. He's called Good King Asa. That's how he's, he's identified. Good King Asa. How about that? Wouldn't you like to have that for a, a title? You know? Not Lying King Asa, or, or Not Hypocrite King Asa, or, or Not Wicked King Asa, like Ahab, Wicked Ahab. You know? No, no. Good King Asa. That was his, his father. And so he walked in the way of Asa, his father, departed not from it, doing that which was right. Look, look at this. This is Jehoshaphat. This is Jehoshaphat's majority of his Majority. See, folks? You got to understand, the majority of his life was doing good, following the right ways, influencing people in the right ways, following good things. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Wonderful. You know what? I wish we could stop right here. But no. It goes on, goes on. The next word says, how be it? Here it says, it talks about the high places that are not taken down, you know, there's some things, he didn't go all the way, all the way, but hey, he did a lot of good things, how be it? And see, folks, that's what I'm saying. The Bible, when it portrays, when it, when it paints man, it doesn't whitewash. If this was a man-made book, if I was making a book about myself, I would say that I okay, what about Richard Farinella? Well, he was six foot seven and he had a full head of hair and and he never got mad and he did this and never you know, I would go ahead and portray it how I'd want to portray it, you know? But you know what? This is God laying it out and it's very accurate. This is just this is reality. This is Jehoshaphat. There's so many good things. Then it says, How be it? How be it? What? where maybe he didn't go far enough or all the way, but it goes on. See, folks, this begins to reveal, reveal the mixed bag that humans deal with, good and bad. Following God and not following God. The text goes on to show another failure, another direct disobedience from what God commanded him so clearly. Look at verse number 35, 2 Chronicles 20, 35. It says here, this is another time. Happened the same thing. Same problem, by the way. And after this, did Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, join himself with Ahaziah, king of Israel. Now, Ahaziah was Ahab's son. And you heard the apple doesn't fall far from the tree? Right there. This guy didn't fall far from the tree. He was was just as wicked as Ahab. As a matter of fact, he was married to somebody... uh, that was just as wicked as his mama was. But nonetheless, it says here, after this, the Jehoshaphat king of Judah joined himself with Ahaziah king of Israel, who did very wickedly. Of course, that's Ahab's son. And he, this is Jehoshaphat, joined himself with him to make ships to go to Tarshish. And here's another endeavor. They, they uh, both went in on this project. Man, we're going to make lots of money. What a, what a market. This is just ripe for us. Ahaziah says, hey, uh, Jehoshaphat, why don't you help help us out here? I need an investor or whatever. And so they both get in there and they say, you know what? This is a great deal. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jehoshaphat. What did God tell you before? What did God say? What was he so clear in his instruction was to stay away from the wicked? Don't join in with them. Don't be part of them. You're not like them. I'm just like you. No, he's not. So he says, here, they're they're going in together to... uh, uh, build a fleet of ships. Verse 36, and he joined himself with them to make ships to go to Tarshish. And they made the ships in Eze and Geber. Then Elizer, here's another prophet, the son of Dodava of Mereshash, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, because thou hast joined thyself with Ahaziah, same thing, kid, you're falling on the same, same problem, same disobedience, Same disregard for what God's telling you. Because thou hast joined thyself with Ahaziah, the Lord hath broken thy works. And the ships were broken that they were not able to go to Tarshish. However much it cost, down the drain. You know what? God's not so much concerned about your bank account or your health or your family or your other things. He is concerned about your obedience. And there's nothing, folks, there is nothing outside of the realm of God's reach and touch in your life to deal with you and to deal with me as God's children. And here God is dealing with one of his, and he's saying, bad choice. Jehoshaphat, bad choice. And so he, he's broken thy works. Isn't that terrible to, to, to hear that? Now, a man can work so much and invest so much and, and sweat so much to, to, to get something and have a goal, and just be wiped away. And you know what? God did that here. He broke, he's broken thy works. <clears throat> See, throughout his life, God attempted to correct Jehoshaphat's flaws. He, he, Jehoshaphat just didn't learn. Every endeavor that he went off the pathway, he got chastisement. Really, that's what happened. If you, if you look at uh, Jehoshaphat's life, really, every time that he goes off the pathway, God chastens. God steps in. Thank the Lord that we are serving a heavenly father that doesn't allow us to get into things that's going to be harmful to us. or going to, he, he does deal with us. But every time he goes off the pathway, he gets chastened. Every misdeed he pays for dearly, every, every disobedience he receives, a just recompense of reward. Hey, isn't that familiar? That's what the Bible says. Every sin, every disobedience receives. I mean, God takes care. He deals with every sin in our lives. It's not like we do some good here, and he's saying, good good boy, you're doing good, kid. You know, you're doing a few things that are not good. Let's just close an eye to that. But this is good. God doesn't do that. God deals with us when it comes to disobedience, which what Jehoshaphat was doing. Did a lot of good, but he's dealing with the sin. That's how God works. But Jehoshaphat didn't learn. He continued to tolerate, to cultivate his connection to Ahab's kin and Ahab's philosophies. Now, I want to say this: God's not just a big killjoy. You know, that's the way. Listen, I, I know how we're looked at here, and any church that's preaching the word of God, whatever, we're looked at by others in the community, whatever. Like those people, they just—they just are they just, killjoys. They just don't want to have fun. It's not like God doesn't want to have fun or doesn't want to allow Jehoshaphat to have fun. See. God instructs us for our benefit. It is instructing Jehoshaphat for his benefit, for our good. He's trying to help us avoid pain and heartache and grief. Look at what happens. That's not the end of the story as um, what's the guy at the end of the story? Paul uh, Paul, Harvey. Paul Harvey. That's not the end of the story. Let's continue. Look at the consequences. 2nd Chronicles chapter 21 verse number 1. I'm going to have to hurry here because there's uh, another text of Scripture that I'm going to read, and then I'm going to make three points that are short, and then we're going to be done because I'm hungry, and so are you. So, all right, 2 Chronicles chapter 21, look at verse number 1. Now, Jehoshaphat slept. He's, he's dead. He dies. He slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And Jehoram, his son, raised in his stead... And he had the brethren of the sons of Jehoshaphat, Azariah and Jehiel and Zechariah and Azariah and Michael and Shephathiah. All these were the sons of Jehoshaphat, king of Israel. Now he leaves behind him. He leaves a whole lot of uh, people and prosperity and, and uh, whatever. And their father gave them great gifts of silver and of gold and of precious things with fenced cities in Judah. Wow, isn't that great? This is, this is Jehoshaphat's legacy. Aren't you proud of that, Jehoshaphat? Couldn't you, couldn't you put your 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 uh, thumbs in your lapels and say look at look at what I've done look at what God's blessed me with this is his legacy all of these children all of this riches all of this things these things that are built up from serving God and God blessing along the way and it says um, so he, he he gave all of these things with fenced cities in Judah but the kingdom he gave to jehoram that's his firstborn because he was the firstborn now when look at verse 4 now when jehoram was risen up to the to the kingdom of his father, he strengthened himself and slew all his brethren. Wow. He murdered his siblings. You know why? Because back then, this is what countries did. This is what kings did. This is what regimes, <coughs> when it went from, from father-son <coughs> rule, what is that called? Uh, uh, not a reign yeah, succession, but anyway, going, going from one to the other to the other in the same family. Dynasty, dynasty very good. I'll, I'll use that word. <laughs> I'll pay you later. Dynasty, okay? It was a dynasty, and here you go. Jehoram says, you know what? I'm going to be king. I don't want any uh, uh, competition. And he wipes out all of his siblings, his brothers and sisters, those that would have a... Uh, a chance or a, a possibility of inheriting the throne, he murders them. He, he uh, slew all his brethren with the sword and divers also of the princes of Israel. Verse five. Jehoram was 32 and two years old when he began to reign, and he reigned eight, reigned eight years in Jerusalem, and he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, like as did the house of Ahab. What do you know? What do you think he got this stuff? Where do you think he got that kind of an idea? Where do you think he got those methods? Where do you think he got the attitude of of living and working and and operating like a lost person, like those who don't know the Lord, like those who don't care about God and his principles and, and his directives and commandments? No, no. He did like as did the house of Ahab. For he had the daughter of Ahab to wife. And he wrought that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord. Jezebel and Ahab had a daughter. Her name was Athaliah. He took her, and we'll learn about her today and, and uh, next week as we continue. You think you think Jezebel was bad? She was. She was a condensed form of Jezebel. Jehoshaphat's son was a disaster. What a mess! How wicked! Listen, this guy, if, 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 if Jehoshaphat built anything, he destroyed it. It was vile and cruel and selfish. What do you think he learned that kind of thing? Where did he get all that junk from? Well, when he was influenced. I could see this. I could see uh, Jehoshaphat putting his kids into the, into the wagon, into the chariot wagon, and saying, come on, kids, we're going to go over to Uncle Ahab's. Yeah, yeah, and here's little Jehoram. He's, you know, whatever, knee high to a grasshopper. And they go over there, and okay, now you guys play in the backyard while me and Ahab, we're, you know, kings, we're going to be talking about these things or whatever. And so, and he has this affinity with, with Ahab. And they get to know each other. They get to be around each other. They get to, you know, uh, uh, shoot ideas. You know what? Jehoshaphat knew better. When he talked to, to Ahab, he knew better whether to, to accept the, the, the false worldly philosophies, but his kids didn't. His kids didn't. Matter of fact, little Athaliah, little Jehoram is so cute. Look at this. They're playing together in the backyard, and they're playing, you know, teacups or whatever, you know, and, and they, there's friendships That are bonded, connections, time together, philosophies transferred. And then came the time when little Miss Hussey Athaliah, Jezebel's daughter, caught Jehoram's eye and his heart. Athaliah turns out to be as much of a wicked force behind the throne as her mother ever was. And worse, when you when you read about her, her life, the sons and their families murdered. A wicked son takes the throne. A nation was wounded by leadership, pulling it down the drain after Jehoshaphat's gone. Everything Jehoshaphat ever fought for, gone. What great stakes, folks. How devastating to his loved ones and his people. And the people of God, the the entire nation, hurt because of, of these mistakes that he made. Jehoshaphat sure didn't see that coming. Remember the text that we started with? Read it again with me, Second Chronicles nineteen two. And Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Shouldest thou help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? Therefore is wrath upon thee from before the Lord. Nevertheless, there are good things found in thee. See, he did do some of those good things around him while he was around to influence, but everything was lost later. Three thoughts will be done. We're talking about sowing the seeds of destruction in our own life. Number one, sin is devastating. Folks, I'm telling you what, doesn't doesn't play nice. Sin does not play nice. It's devastating. Sin is devastating. It's harsh. It's cruel. See, we like to contain the consequences of our sin. If we ever disobey God, and we know that we're going to get chastened or whatever, you know, we, we like to contain the consequences of our sin, but we cannot. That's one thing you do not decide is the consequences of sin. Now, you can decide whether to sin or not, decide whether to obey or not, but you can't contain the consequences of our sin. It's awful. It's real. It's cruel. It's heartless. Satan plays for keeps, folks. His involvement caught, caused untold grief right from the garden. When he comes and he says, hey, listen, wait a minute, You consider this. And you know what? Eve never even imagined she would be hugging a, a, a dead boy with blood all over his head because sin came in and now there's murder in the hearts of men. She never, she never dreamed that what God said, the day that you eat thereof, you're going to die. Death will be part of your life. Oh, goodness. See, folks, sin is a taskmaster. John eight thirty four. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. You can't just get in and get out. You can't just say, well, I'll do this, and I'm going to tell sin how much of my life it's going to have or not have. You, you don't do that. You can't do that. If you break God's commandments, if you go into rebellion, if you disobey, all of a sudden Jesus said, "You are the, the servant of that disobedience, of that sin." See, sin grows in strength and mastery. James says in James 1.14, "Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed." And then, when sin hath conceived, it bring, uh, uh, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. It's not in the lust stages, it's not in the enticement stages, it's not even in the sin stages, it's when it's finished. It grows, and it grows in strength, and it grows in mastery, and that's what sin does. See, sin is death, it's pain, it's grief, and it ends in death and hell, as God was so very clear. Wages for sin is death. Revelation 20, 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Folks, that's where it eventually ends up. All disobedience, all sin ends up away from God. Sin is devastating. See, I'm sure Jehoshaphat never even considered that when he heard and knew what God said here and decided not to follow that. Number two, Good doesn't negate disobedience. All right, let me, let, me, let me explain that. The good that you do doesn't bring you to the place where the bad that you do is gone. You do more good than you do bad, you can just forget about the bad. It doesn't, doesn't happen that way. Good does not negate disobedience. Jehoshaphat never imagined that his legacy would look like it turned out. And by the way, that wasn't the end of it. Failure in the simple warning of separation... Uh, And, folks, this is where we are today. 2 Corinthians 6.14, this is what God says. To us, not the Old Testament believers, New Testament saints, to those at Woodin Valley Baptist Church, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? What part has he that believeth with an infidel? Each one of those rhetorical questions... Answers no none. There is no uh, communion. There is no commonality. There is no fellowship. There's there's no joining in affinity. Oh, but pastor, you know what? He's close to salvation, and I think if we just get married, you know what? He'll he'll get saved someday. What does God say? He said, Don't be unequally yoked together. Don't be joined in with unbelievers. Because they've got a different goal, a different attitude, a different uh, uh, a purpose, he, he says, "Be ye separate." And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols for a year, the temple of the living God? As God had said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, they shall be my people. Wherefore come out from among them and be as separate folks. This is still, and this is where we are today. Pay attention. you want your legacy to, to uh, be fruitful. Or do you want to destroy what you have earned and what you have labored for and what you really desire in life to to honor God in your life and and those of your posterity? Where are you there? Now, now I'm sure Jehoshaphat didn't say, I just want to destroy everything I've, I've ever worked for. No, but that's what happens. Influences. Curriculum. Now, listen. In this sentence, I could stop and preach a series. A series of the things that... We allow ourselves and our children and our grandchildren or those around us, our loved ones, to be influenced by and with curriculum, friends, time with those of a carnal element. They will affect. You, listen, you cannot uh, not affect, you cannot not be affected by sin. It's, it's, just, it's just as simple as that. You know sometimes it amazes me, it really does it amazes me. I want to just talk real straight and not not say any names. <laughs> okay? You fill in the blank, but some parents will allow their kids and they're good parents, they love the Lord, they're doing right they're, they're wanting their kids to go in the right way and they're doing everything right and make the right steps and do and they allow their their kids to be good friends, sometimes best, for, best friends with those who are carnal those who Really don't wanna love the Lord and don't want to go. And there's attitudes that are problems. And you think listen, you think you're gonna get away from that kind of situation scot free? Ask Jehoshaphat. When when little Jehoram was playing with little Athaliah, well, there's nothing wrong with that. No, they're just friends. They're just friends. 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three. be not deceived, evil communication, corrupt good manners, turn around and boom, all of a sudden, where are we? How do we get here? Evil co- communication. When you have that, that connection and that influence with, with those that are evil and evil thought, evil attitudes, philosophies, everything, it, it will corrupt, it will uh, 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 destroy and, and defile. And for the lost, let me say this before we continue, because uh, I'm basically talking to, to believers here today you understand that but for those of you without christ i want to say this all the good you've ever done means nothing when you stand before the the king the almighty the holy one and your sin is reviewed guilty 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 you can't say, it, just like they did in Jesus' day. Oh, but Lord, Lord, haven't we done this? And haven't we done this in your in your uh, in your name? And haven't we done these many good works? And they were there were good works. And the Bible said, Jesus says, the king will say unto them, Depart from me, I never knew you. Listen, all of your good things that you've ever done means nothing at that point. You've got to deal with sin. Thank the Lord that we have. A, a, uh, a sin sacrifice. Somebody who stood in our place to, to conquer that and to pay for all sin. It is finished, he said. He's, he's got it all paid for. Now you need him as your savior. And if you don't, all the good you've ever done won't uh, make up a hill of beans. All right. Number one, sin is devastating. Number two, God, good does not negate disobedience. And number three, failure resonates. Maybe I should say, echoes. It just goes on and on and on and on. And when it echoes, see, look, I, I know I have, I have faults. I know I have things that are wrong in my personality, my character, you know, things faults. None of your business what they are, okay? But I know I have things that, you know, I know me. And I raised four little heathens myself, you know, and, and as they were growing up, Every once in a while, I'll turn around and see one of them as a spitting image of their dad. I want to beat it out of them. (laughs) What? Where'd you get that? Yeah, I know exactly where they got it. You know why? Because it's like a, a stamp, you know? And I see the very same thing. I see the same thing in attitude. I see the same thing in whatever. Now, hopefully... I've dealt with those things in the right way. Trying to deal with sin properly. Failure properly, because i got a lot of failure. But I'm telling you what. Failure resonates. It resonates in, in generations. Looking way down the line, how's this going to look with families and schools and churches and colleges? And, and when, there's, when there's seeds of its own destruction sown within itself... And you see it all the time. Oh, goodness. Did you know that Yale and Harvard and these Ivy League schools started out as theological instit- institutions to preach the gospel? That's why they were, they were started? Look at the, at the, 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 the uh, founding uh, words of, of the motive of that school. And it's, it's all laid out there. Far from it today. Left out God a long time ago. What happened? Somewhere along the line, folks, when you look down the, down the road, <clears throat> listen, I want generations to come to be safe, to be within God's protection. And you know what? I'm going to try to avoid that by listening to God, paying attention to what he says when it comes to separation, when it comes to where I am in a relationship to sin, to wickedness, to, and, uh, and to evil around me, in people and in philosophies and in, and in action. I, re- I really do. I want my kids to enjoy the Lord and learn God on their own and, and then their kids and then their kids' kids and their kids' kids and all the way down the line. I don't want to destroy what I've tried to build. Poor Jehoshaphat. Poor good King Jehoshaphat. Very good king. He didn't pay attention to one aspect in the life that God was very, very clear on He just didn't obey there. Oh, the consequences. Every head bowed, nobody looking for just a moment.